There isn't a one-size-fits-all marketing approach to selling real estate. And sure, there's best practices, but I think that you need to develop a strategy that's unique to your brand or your business and that highlights your superpower. So welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you find your superpower and exploring creative solutions to build a more visible brand that consistently delivers an exceptional customer experience. Whether you're selling real estate, loans, title, or escrow, doesn't matter. We've got you covered. Let's go. <laughs> the question I let us off with just a minute ago was, why do I look so white? Ricardo had some breaking news for me. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Funny how that works. <laughs> a good way to start this episode <laughs> with Dustin's privilege showing for everybody to see. Look at that. It's like I got a... It's like I got that sun living on my <laughs> The mothership is hovering over your desk waiting to take you home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Welcome to the Marketing Trench. This is great. This is going well. Or at least the gutter. The gutter. Welcome to the Marketing Gutter. We're going to be talking about Californians fleeing and whether or not that's a real thing happening. And if it is, whether or not it's something we can take advantage of. Because, you know, if people leave the state, they're going to sell their homes. And why don't we become the people to take care of that? So... Is there a sales and marketing opportunity in flight from California or flight from, you know, name name the state, right? Yeah. New York or wherever. So that's the topic of today's show. And it came up because Scott and I were actually having this conversation a couple of weeks ago, right? We were talking about, how did we even get here? Do you remember? One of you suggested it as a topic. Yeah, no, I know you and I were having a conversation. It was a couple of weeks ago. No, we were just talking about there's a real flight for a while there, it was sort of an urban flight, people leaving cities and going to places that were a little bit less locked down. But it's definitely happening in California. And then you, there was the Orange County Register article that you ran across that was basically mapping out where people are going and why they're going. And we were kind of talking about this and between politics, between taxes between COVID. There's a lot of things going on that is going to disrupt people's living situations. Remote work. Yeah. Yeah. Remote work. People aren't tied necessarily geographically to one place or another. You know, even if people are working and they become partially employed, that's going to impact your ability to afford housing in an expensive state like California. It's interesting because last week we were kind of talking about, is it cool to talk about this stuff, right? And and I think that was appropriate to have that conversation last week, but it's been a week now and there's a lot of things that we can have conversations about in a cool way. Because there's a lot of folks that are going to be asking questions that are asking questions. And I think it's important that we in the real estate mortgage business, we can really get in front of those conversations and be a part of that conversation. And I think there's a real business opportunity out there. Okay, so let's dive in. So Jonathan Lanzner wrote an article for the Orange County Register. And the article title is Leaving California, a guide to what state is best to move to. Let's just first lay out some basic data. So Jonathan argues that about 26% of residents 
ponder moving out of California. That's according to a, a poll that uh, was done. And I think, you know, I don't know about you guys, but in my life, I feel like probably at least one in four people have at some point in the last couple of you know years talked to me about moving out of California. And I want to say that really, honestly, that number of people who've actually pulled the trigger feels high to me. But between 2017 and 2019, the Census Bureau shows that just 3% of the population actually moved out of California. Now, California has about 40 million people living here as of 2020. So if we just assume that 3% number, that's about a million 200,000 people that in two years actually like fled California. I think those numbers were amplified by COVID because California was such a hard lockdown state. I don't have the statistics in front of me and I, and I hope I don't get this wrong, but at one point I thought that nearly half of the people filing unemployment in the United States were in the state of California. Damn. California like really, really shut down. And I think that caused a lot of people to be a little more encouraged. I think the 3% from 2017 to 2019 is deceptive because there was a lot of attitude adjustments that happened right around March and April <laughs> of 2020. So the question we're kind of getting at here is what's the TAM? What's the total addressable market? And let's just assume for a second that, Scott, to your point, that COVID has really driven a lot of people out of business. It's made the state highly undesirable. They don't like the politics of lockdown. They can't afford to live here because of the lockdown, all of that sort of thing. So let's just assume for a second that the number is going to increase to like, let's just say 6%. So in the next two years, 2021, 2022, it's not going to be 3%, it's going to be 6%. So the TAM is 2,400,000 people that are going to move. That's 2,400,000 potential listings, notwithstanding all the people who are going to move within the state, right? Because, you, you know, there are probably, there are obviously going to be lots of people moving within the state. But if you wanted to target as a sales, you know, as a, as a listing agent, title person, maybe even escrow wanting to reach out and, and get a piece of this action, we're talking about, 2.4 million people. That's a lot of people. There's two sides to this. And, and I know you guys are based in California. I was based in California. But the flip side of this is all of the people that are living in states that people are flocking to. Because what you also have, so a couple of weeks ago, there was a Newsweek article that came out that did some polling. And they basically found that about 34 about 35 million people said that they could, well, they didn't, they obviously didn't poll 35 million people, but the sample, I guess whatever their sample was, they extrapolated it out to 35 million people that said that they were going to have trouble making their housing payment, but those aren't all homeowners. There's a lot of renters there. There's two sides to that. So your renters are your, are, are your investors, your non-owner occupiers. And this is kind of where the politics comes in. COVID drives all of this, but then there's some politics that play into this. The longer the state enforces eviction moratoriums, the harder it's going to be on people that have non-owner-occupied properties in California. And we know there are tax hikes coming 
down the road. The new administration hasn't made any, they're not hiding the ball on that at all. They're postponing it until, you know, COVID happens. But now you've got all these states that have lost a tremendous amount of revenue. California started talking about increasing, not only increasing their taxes, but also making that tax liability follow you for 10 years after you leave the state. And I don't know if this was something that you and I were talking about, Dustin, but governments don't make money. They don't have an economy that happens around a government. They can only collect taxes from their people in order to pay for things. And they're either collecting it on the state level or they're collecting it on the federal level. But no, I have this crazy feeling that there is a lot of chaos over there and you can pick the topic, but that topic is always going to lead to, I think it's going to lead to a mass exodus, whether your employer leaves California because they, you know, they need to improve their margins because sales are down. We've seen a ton of businesses leave California. So it's not just people that are in forbearance or their work is temporarily impacted. It it could be businesses that are completely moving out of California for tax reasons. And you just, you you come with us or you don't. So what's interesting about that is a couple of things. One is it feels like California is uniquely experiencing an exodus, but only three other states had fewer people leave. Those states were Michigan, Texas, and Illinois. So that means that other states are actually seeing a greater percentage of their population flee the state for whatever reason. So this isn't a uniquely California problem. However... Right. California is so large that when our residents flee, it moves the needle a lot more. Of course, New York is also experiencing this challenge. Putting on my sales and marketing hat for a second, right? There's there's a lot of reasons why people would move. Like, you know, and Scott, you just listed several of them. So then the question I'm asking myself is, if I wanted to market to these people, how would I do it? What do you guys think are some questions that someone who's considering a move might answer that they might go to a Google search for that we can maybe start capturing some high-intention sellers with. Does that make sense? Or maybe we could... No, I I think the biggest wound here is the COVID stuff, is the foreclosure moratoriums and the uh, eviction moratoriums that are on right now. That's probably the biggest thing. Another thing that I would look into, and this is a little bit roundabout, but the new administration has on more than one occasion talked about a homebuyer tax credit. That's a good conversation to find out who's thinking about buying maybe outside of the state. But so, Scott, I started having this conversation with you earlier this week when I was asking you for feedback on something. How do you start to reach out to those people and have those conversations? The first thing you do is you go to your past client database and you talk to them about how they're doing. Just check with the people that you know and trust first before you start going out and trying to mass market. And then quite frankly, have your talking list of challenges that homeowners and investors are having and are going to have in the future. And I would basically say, listen, I'm trying really hard to get in front of this thing because you don't want to get caught in a situation where you're not prepared. So do you have anybody else that you know is in forbearance or that lost their job that I can connect with so that they have a source, a trusted source for conversations about homeownership preservation, I think is really the primary, so, the primary goal. 
So one of the tools that I think we've all collectively often talked about that we really like is HomeBot. It sends that monthly home valuation to your past client database. Yep. And Dustin, you wrote a great follow-up script for that once. And one of the other tools that I like, it's a little more expensive, but you know, if you're a big team and, and whatnot, it's well worth it, is a service called Call Action. See, like call, like call, and then action.co. They have some great drip campaigns built into it that for different purposes. So if you're getting Zillow leads, if you're getting home value leads, whatever, one of their drip campaigns is HomeBot. And I love one of their outreach scripts because it says, hey, good morning, Scott. A few quick things. Did you see the most recent home value report I sent you? We just helped the client sell their home after they got into some financial trouble due to unemployment. We help them save their credit, downsize into a smaller home, and net over 87000 Do you know anyone that may be in a similar situation that we can help? We could share their home value report so they could see how much they would make selling their home. Let me know and have a great day. Yeah, so I, a really I, good script. I see that as a, you know, a very helpful script that you can use in some of that dialogue that you'd be having with people as you're combing through your database. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's 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 credit preservation. It's it's home ownership preservation. If you can see that you've got trouble coming down the road and you're proactive about it, I saw this a lot after 2008, 2009. You know, a lot of people were just in denial and just let things go, but people that were purposeful about, we'll just call it ripping the Band-Aid off, are able to recover a lot quicker on the other side. And sometimes that's a little bit what you got to talk about. I know it's hard times for everyone, but it's important that we have these conversations so that you have all the information that you need because you're you're 100% right. You can you can avoid any credit challenges, you can avoid falling behind on the mortgage. You probably have a ton of equity. How the equity you have in your California home could probably buy you a home free and clear <laughs> almost anywhere east don't, of California. Don't, don't remind me. <laughs> There's, I mean, that's that's very real, and I don't think you should shy away from that conversation. I think it's an important conversation to have. I, I think here's the script or what we were starting to put together in that email. I just pulled it up, but you, you're, the script that you had shared was, "Hey, I know a lot of folks are struggling right now." Income un unemployment is disrupted. I just wanted to check in to see how you and your family are doing or yeah. to see how you and your family are holding up. Yep. And then, you know, did you take advantage of interest rates when they when they dropped? Yeah. And just, just finding out where they're at. It, you know, we talk about this all the time, and this goes back to our very first episodes like over a year ago in the four control framework. This is a time when you should really be loving on your clients, on your past clients. They have very specific needs around housing and they need an expert. They need a professional in their corner more than ever before, right? When everything's fine, you don't need anybody. But right now, you're not going to be able to call through your database without a quarter of them being really, really stressed out and not sure what they're going to do next. Yeah. Well, I love, Scott, that you are emphasizing going to the database first as opposed to doing mass marketing first. Because, I mean, even in the way that I had originally framed the question, you know, I was like, hey, what Google ads or what Facebook ads can you run? And your point is, no, you know, you got this whole group of people that know, like, and trust you, and you should go to them first. And Ricardo, I love that you brought us back to HomeBot. I'd also point out TopHap, T-O-P-H-A-P. Yeah. If you don't have your clients on something like a HomeBot, 
but you want to be able to say to them things like, hey, your neighborhood has appreciated two, three, four, five percent in value over the last year, two years. Top Hap can do that for you in the state of California. And that's a really powerful tool, right? Like if you can point out that kind of appreciation and say, maybe it's time for you to consider leveraging the equity to find a better situation for you or your family. Yeah, I really, I really like that. Let's assume now that we have reached out to our database. Do you guys think that there's a mass marketing opportunity here or do you think this is only the kind of conversation you can have to your database? So so this isn't mass marketing, but a few of the episodes that I've recorded recently were with people like Jeb Smith, who I think we had on this show, right? Yeah. Who's doing a tremendous amount of YouTube video and then I just had another agent on. What I love about video is that you're having a conversation one to many. Scott and I were talking about this this morning. I get a lot of resistance. Lou. I get a lot of, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, he's been doing video for a while or yeah, but, you know, he's got awesome equipment or, or I don't have the right equipment or yeah, but, you know, I don't know how to edit. I don't look good on video. Right. (laughs) That's two words you need to eliminate from your vocabulary. Yeah, but. What I love about Jeb and what's unique about Jeb is that you know, there's nothing special about him. He just gets on camera and hits record. And as far as like how he sources his content is it's the questions that today's consumers are literally asking us, right? Yep. I know that that sounds like a, like a longer term play and it's not immediate. And so if you don't have any transactions, it's, it's like, I don't want to focus on that. But man, Jeb started out last year with 200 subscribers and is sitting pretty at 16,000. At the end of the year, my other agent started at nine and he's sitting at 4,900 at the end of the year. Like, and both of them are sourcing not only clients within their hyper local market, they're also sending referrals out of oh, county yeah. and out of state. Like, that's wild to me. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's an important part of this is building a network of agents that you can refer your clients to across the country and and get an additional referral fee. (laughs) You know, (laughs) we talk about content and this is more of a mortgage perspective, but if I were a loan officer originating right now, I would be contacting realtors and asking them how we can start with conversations about how to refinance after forbearance, right? So how to take advantage of the low rates once we get past all of this thing. That's just one more quiver, one more arrow in the in the agent's quiver, one more opportunity to have a conversation. And that was kind of the lead in, hey, did you get an opportunity to take advantage of the interest rates before, you know, everything got shut down? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, well, you know, I've got this partner here and, and and this is a really good mass marketing. If you wanted to do mass marketing, we're talking about like white papers or whether it's a video or something that says, you know, how do I refinance after forbearance or something like that? Or what are the three most common ways to exit forbearance? And there's a lot of that information that's out there. What Jeb did is he specifically started talking about housing related issues mm-hmm. that were created by COVID. And that's really all we're talking about is just continuing that conversation because we're a long way. It feels like we're a long way from this thing being, well, okay, that was, that, that was hairy. You know, it's like, it's still super hairy. Like it's still growing here. It seems like as we speak, 
it can be a good mass it can be a good well i wouldn't say mass marketing but what it can do is you can put and this is this is just more of a marketing strategy but you're not selling people stuff you're just giving people information and anybody that opts into that information so they watch a video they download a report or a white paper or this infographic that our facebook i can't see it in in no, somebody says yeah. a good infographic. That's a thousand percent right. Oh, like creating a good infographic. Creating a good infographic oh, on what your sense. options are, putting that up there. Anybody that engages that is somebody that then you can retarget and you can or, start bringing or, them further down the funnel. Or even if you look at the strategy that Jeb and Josh, so your partner at Buywise, yep. is doing the regular Facebook Lives doing regular Facebook lives and then taking that video content and running a Facebook ad to promote that video. You're essentially taking a video that's top of funnel. You're taking video, running an ad to, you know, promote it to a cold audience. Yep. You're warming up that audience and retargeting them with something like another, something along further down the funnel. Well, and the thing that I love most about that, and this is the reason why I really love video, is there's so many ways to repurpose it, right? Mm -hmm. So you do a you do a Zoom or a Streamyard, you know, with one of your referral partners or something like that. Then you can pull clips out of that, and then you can use that in marketing and drive people back. You're not creating new or different content. You're doing it once, and you're using it multiple ways. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Any of those content pieces keeps you top of mind. And that's completely right. I mean, not only because remember, you're putting that stuff on your social media. Those are people that may not have done business with you, but peripherally, they're friends or they're friends of friends. And and you start to establish yourself. But yeah, Jeb is the perfect example. He He created that thing basically out of COVID. <laughs> I mean, he, he leveraged that situation where we knew that overwhelmingly homeowners were going to be stressing out about certain things. And quite frankly, COVID is just one of them right now. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in the world. People are so, kind of on edge. So, like, I just want to point out for those of you listening that don't know, like, let me give you some context. Jeb was creating maybe one one video uh, a month. COVID hits in March. He started creating, I think he said- Two to one, three a week. I think. Yeah, two to three a week. He upped yep. his production schedule from one a month to th two to three a week. And what he was doing is he was looking for trending topics in the news. So like forbearance, what do I need to know about forbearance? What should I do, et cetera, et cetera. So he just took all of those topics, plopped himself right in front of the camera, hit record, and that's it. As far as like post-production, no heavy or fancy editing. He just focused on two things, the thumbnail and an SEO for your channel. So yeah. don't write your titles and keywords in the manner that, you know, how you think you would say something. Look for how people are Googling for information uh, online. Because I think the problem is we're in the industry, so we think of things one way and we use industry jargon, whereas the consumer does not. They right. search for things differently than we do. We do, and Jeb also uses a service called TubeBuddy, mm -hmm. T-U-B-E, Buddy, B-U-D-D-Y. And it's kind of a plug-in into YouTube that helps with the keywords and the title and the SEO optimization and all of that kind of stuff. Listen, YouTube is hard, 
there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things that you can do to go above and beyond. I think it's smart for anybody to try to figure out how to use YouTube. A link to Jeb's content, I think you can just Google Jeb Smith. And, yeah, that's and, what I just did. Yeah. Here, let me pull up the screen real quick. But, like, I mean, even as a realtor, some of his highest traffic videos don't really even have anything to do with real estate. <laughs> I mean, I know he did one. He talked about rates dropping. That was a huge one. I know he did one about FHA mortgages, and that one was huge. And he really doesn't know that much about FHA mortgages. I mean, <laughs> any more than anybody else would. I wonder if you can sort by views and see what kind of some of his topics are. So look at that. FHA requirements. What is that? 87,000? 82,000, 27, 46, 28, 22,000. That's Yeah, wild. and look, foreclosures and evictions extended. Anybody that listens to that, anybody that watches that video, do you think they're going to be interested? Mortgage forbearance extended. Yeah. And it's always a great idea to put the put pictures of the new administration up. And you you don't have to keep this – this isn't political. This is change, right? So there's a new administration. This new administration is going to have new attitudes. We go through this every four to eight years. This isn't – you know, this isn't our first rodeo. There's always clickbait and there's always opportunities to get in front of some of the conversations that new administrations are having. And another thing with Jeb's videos – and this is something that he recommended that we do that that we're working on right now is it's okay to go back and redo your thumbnails on your old videos. So no, like if you have a bunch that. of videos up there, you can go go in there and 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 kind of trick them out. But Jeb went all in and I'd say he's probably less than a year, but he immersed. He he immersed deep into courses, groups of people that were doing YouTube, and they're not all winners, but but they absolutely are. Some of them are, and he does that weekly with 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 Josh. If you're in the state of California and you need somebody super smart to talk to, Josh is available. If not, find your lending partner, and once a week he'll he just does these these Q and As. I love this. I, he's being a real human to, to his audience. Look at this. My wife is telling me I need Botox in the forehead to get rid of wrinkles. <laughs> people voting. He has a thousand people that voted on this. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Would you be interested in a video where I talk about how I went from being a millionaire at 26 to broke at 28, the mistakes I made and what I learned in the process? That's awesome. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. What is that? Polls? Yeah, that's in the community part of his whole of his whole thing. I just know that right now, every time he does an episode, there are literally thousands of people watching, and they're getting a ton of phone calls. I know Josh does. We're referring a ton of people out to different states for loans. He's referring a ton of people out for, for listings, and I know he's starting to get listings now. And, uh, and remember, started the year with 200 subscribers. Yeah, now he's so. It was like yeah, April when we had yeah, 200 yeah. subscribers. Yeah, it's been less than a year. And awesome. well, and in addition to that, he's making several thousand dollars a month on ads. Uh, so just YouTube running ads on people watching his content. That so is he, wild. Yeah, it, I, I mean, he's making 
you know, he's making part-time job income, a good part-time job income from that. So, yeah, I, I, I honestly think this, this is by far the best medium. If you have a large Facebook following, do a Facebook Live to your group. We have a question here about, oops, how video podcast feeds doing these days for for syndication. Well, so there's a lot of tools, right? So we're using StreamYard right now to do our video syndication. We're sending it to Facebook, to YouTube, and we could be sending it to LinkedIn. It's fine, right? Are we paying for it? I can't remember if we're paying for this. For StreamYard? StreamYard? Yeah. I, I think we hijacked Josh's account. So we're paying for it, fool. <laughs> Until he listens to this. <laughs> we're going to get it next. It's not going to go well. So, I mean, there's StreamYard. We've used, what was the one we used before this? Restream, I thought, or it was yeah. I don't know. It was fine too. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I can't, I can't remember, remember either. either. <laughs> it, it started having, yeah, it we started glitching. having some challenges with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say bottom line is there's there's a lot of tools. If you do a Google search out there, there are a lot of tools. This this kind of stuff we're doing here is 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 really easy at this point. We can't add. I don't think we can add a custom thumbnail from. StreamYard for the videos we post to YouTube. I don't, we add a thumbnail for Facebook, but it doesn't go to YouTube. So, I mean, you would have to go back and do that work. But honestly, there are so many tools out there for people because there's so many content producers. There are yeah. tons of tools out there that make it really easy to create thumbnails. You don't have to know Photoshop, which is a program that comes top of mind. But that's kind of like saying, if you want to learn to play baseball, you have to like be good enough for the MLB. <laughs> Photoshop is super intense. Even even the easier versions of it are pretty intense. There are easier options. Canva is an easier option. There are easier options. So I would say, you know, honestly, don't let the tools get in your way. Just start doing it. And what I've found to be the case, I think you guys would agree, coming up with content ideas is the hardest part. But this suggestion of, you know, pay attention to what's coming into your inbox. Look at what's, you know, trending on the internet. You know, those are great suggestions. Do you guys have good thoughts on how to identify what's trending on the internet? I have to see if I can find this link. There used to be, Google. maybe it's Google Trends. Yeah, there's a there's a website that Google has, but you're almost always going to find trends and keywords that are irrelevant. Like you would never use. Like they're the the stuff that actually trends. So that, it's super hard. It's actually trends.google.com. There you go. So here it is. This is what it looks like. So type in Sweet Mother of God. Why is Kim Kardashian? Yeah. Uh, so okay, so we'll type in what? Move out of California. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Let's see what happens with that. Yeah, well, that seems like it's that seems like an upward trend to me. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like these, you know, so these are the regions people are typing it. Related topics: Tesla cost. Cost is a big one. So if I were an agent, right? Cost and yeah. talk about cost and income. Yeah, maybe you would even cover things like how do you get a driver's license when you move out of out of California? Tesla is really popular. <laughs> well, that was kind of a big deal when Tesla moved to Austin. So it yeah. was, and there's there's quite a few companies in Silicon Valley that are that are Here, making that well, move. So you could say, hey, look, you know what is? I remember. So one of our agents did a really fun thing. He and several. He's with Compass. His name's Chris Kwan, and he did a video with agents from other brokerages, some from Compass, some from others throughout the United States. And, and what the topic was, was what is a million dollars? I think it was a million dollars. What does a million dollar home look like in? 
right? So he did a million dollar home in Orange County. And then his buddy did a million dollar home in Texas. And another one of his buddies did a million dollar home in Mississippi, right? And it was a super cool way of of basically saying, hey, like, here's what purchasing power looks like in our region. And then also elevating your referral network so that you guys are, you know, you've got a sort of network effect of combining all your networks together. And then you're, you know, reaching a larger audience. And I think that, you know, this is just, that's a really powerful way to to kind of get at some of these topics. Look, taxes, lease payments. Chris's strategy, what I I would think would also be a really good strategy. What does a $400,000 home look like? In California, it's basically a 400 square foot condo with no windows. And then what does that look like anywhere else in the country? And it's probably a palatial estate. You know, it's probably really nice. <laughs> that sucks. Look there at the was also a trend here for real estate as a related topic in California. See, this is a missed opportunity. Like Lighthouse needs to have a, a YouTube. That, is that up 80%. Yeah, people are looking at escrow, man. They want to know. And look at real estate bubble is is another one. So you know, here's another good conversation as we is is we start talking about like if the new administration does bring in another home buyer tax credit, what that did last time is it made home prices spike, right? Because you open up the buyer pool and there's already no inventory, <laughs> and and then you flood in a bunch of people. You know, that's not necessarily a good thing, but that's something that you can have conversations about. You can start having conversations about that now is what does that look like? You start building a database of people that potentially want to buy. You know that. Usually there is a certain percentage, what, 14 to 20% of, of, of people that are looking to buy have a house to sell. It's something around, somewhere around those those numbers. When we talk about marketing in this sense, really what you're doing is you're having conversations and creating engagement and building lists of people that have specific interests. You're not necessarily doing this, what we're doing right now, or creating a YouTube video because you think you're going to get a commission check out of it. What you're doing is you're building an audience. And you're establishing yourself as an expert and you're establishing yourself as a, a source of, of, of information and you're being of service to anybody who's willing to listen. Yeah. I keep going back to Jeb, but I think you na- you nailed it, Ricardo and, and Jeb, you know, I love you, but you're the most normal person I've ever I guess that's the best way to say it there really isn't anything extraordinary about him I mean he doesn't have an overt over-the-top personality he's not necessarily the most you know been in the business for 50 years and seen everything kind of thing he's a young guy he doesn't have any advantages other than his desire to make this work yeah, he's willing to put in the work he's willing to put in the he's willing to put in the effort and he's consistent. He's just going with it. It's literally one of those situations where if he can do it, anybody can. <laughs> I, I mean, really, it's just there's not that much different. So, you know, we've got a – the comment thread is pretty funny on this. I don't know if you guys can see this. There are so many things that you could be talking about right now that will pay off. And, and think about this. Put it in this context, and let's go back to Jeb again. I would bet – of people that you ask this question to would say, absolutely a thousand percent, I would do this. If you ask somebody, 
hey, if you did this one thing for nine months, at the end of that nine months, you will have thousands of people asking you or hundreds of people asking you real estate questions. You will have thousands of dollars coming in for you doing nothing. You'll have listings coming out of the woodwork. You'll have referrals to realtors across the country that you're getting referral fees on. Would you create two to three videos a day or two to three videos a month for the next nine months? Everybody would say yes, but nobody's actually going to do it. So the people that actually do it, that is your opportunity. It really is your opportunity because most people just won't. And that was the big that was kind of the big thing with blogging for a long time, right? No, Everybody no. knew you had to put content out there. Everybody like talked about it. That's been the something that's you know, content is king. We've been talking about that for 10, 12 years, but how many people actually consistently create content and publish it online? And they just don't. I don't know. I kind of feel like we're a broken record when we're <laughs> we, when we keep talking about you need to have these conversations in places where consumers can find it. Yeah. But I I literally cannot say it enough. I, I can't say it enough. I do have to comment on this. Somebody said the motto for Austin has always been keep Austin weird. I'm doing my part to uh, preserve that, that tradition. So uh, I, can't, I can't vouch for these other Californians, but I can say I'm doing my part. But no, right now, man, there's, there's the, the time is ripe. I almost can't think of another time that there was an intersection of so many topics that could impact people's lives. Yeah. Homeowners, home buyers, renters, we have a responsibility as professionals in the mortgage and real estate industry to have these conversations. You will get business out of it, but more importantly, you're leveraging your experience for the good of mankind because there's a lot of people that have a lot of questions and it's really, really confusing and they need somebody to go to. And right now, the only person they can find is Jeb. That's funny. So something that jumped out to me from uh, Jonathan Lanzer's piece is the discrepancy between perception and reality when it comes to best states to move to. Okay, so if you're fleeing California, the top three states that people who flee California go to are Texas, Arizona, and then Washington State. Number four is Nevada. Number five is Oregon. Number six is Florida. Number seven is Colorado. Eight, New York. Nine, Idaho, which is funny because I, in yeah. my personal circles, I know more people going to Idaho than any of the other states except for Texas. And then 10 is North Carolina. So those are the most popular, right? Like in people's heads, they think if I want to escape, insert the thing, I want to go here. But when you look at the data, let's look at Texas for a second. Texas is the 12th best state for buying power. And then if in, so like, you know, people say, oh, I want to escape taxes or I'm going to make way more money. Well, if you were to actually rank it in terms of how far your money goes, Texas is only number eight. And then if you're going to factor politics in, which Lansner did, and he, he assessed it based on progressive versus conservative policies where people are fleeing progressive policies ostensibly from California. Uh, no, Tennessee is not in the list. That's surprising because I know yeah. a few people moved to Tennessee. Yeah. Did. I know, yeah, I know quite a few people have moved to Tennessee. So if you factor in politics, Texas is still not even in the top five. It's number eight, <laughs> right? 
So what this tells me is there's some really interesting topics here, right? Like mm -hmm. if, you really, if people really want to talk about purchasing power, the states you should be talking about are places like Mississippi, right? And maybe Mississippi doesn't initially come to mind, but that's where you're going to have the greatest purchasing power is, is a state like that. So you should talk about, you know, you, you know, maybe that's an opportunity for you to get on, get on the horn with, you know, if you're looking for topics, get on the horn with a CPA friend of yours, right? And say, hey, let's actually talk about tax advantages. If you're a retiree, what states actually have the best tax advantages? Because then you can, you can have titles like the surprising thing I learned when I looked into tax ad advantage states, right? Something like that. And you will surprise people because people are going to think, I should move to Arizona. It's like, well, maybe not actually, right? Well, so on the flip side of this, we're kind of talking about people fleeing California. But on the flip side of this, if I lived in any of those states and I was a real estate or mortgage professional, I would be creating content like crazy about what you need to know if you're fleeing California, right? right? <laughs> or what you need to know if you're fleeing New York or all of these things. If you're in one of these feeder states, so we've got another... Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> it looks like you should know that guy. Hey, Uncle Roger. So Wyoming has has the best tax advantages. The three of the top four that you listed there, Dustin, don't have state income tax, right? So I think that's Arizona, Nevada, and Texas. Now, that doesn't mean that you automatically save that money because they make that money up someplace else, you know? So it's either in, it's usually property tax, but even in Texas, the property tax is under 2% which is about the same if you go any to any of like the new developments in South Orange County or or Inland Empire with Melrose and all of that you're at 1.8% on your your property tax anyhow but no there's a lot of different reasons people that have renters that aren't paying their rent somebody owns those homes right and that's easy enough to get from title records ricardo you're the the man for this you know contact your title rep get a list of people with non owner occupied vesting and and you can use it how i would do a mailer to those people <laughs> you know oh. even oh. you know hey because you know another thing that california loves to talk about is rent control and what i can see happening is is with with california's political kind of progressive perspective you're probably going to see more and more government subsidized housing whether it's section 8 voucher type of situations or just rent control there's a lot of talk about rent control all the time in California, and investors don't want to have to deal with that. No. That's another real hot point that's going to come out of this. So get your juices flowing and start thinking about this in a different way and think about what the potential fallout can be for all these things that we're dealing with in the world right now. And it's not sleazy to get in front of those conversations. It's almost a requirement of you as a professional to get as much accurate information about a topic that you're familiar with as you possibly can. And guess what? Put your sights on 12 months from today. Yeah. Doing it today will fundamentally change your business in 12 months from now. You have to have that long-term vision so that your short-term activities are, are building up to that and, and are building up to that and, and leading you to your long-term long goal. Ricardo, any uh, final tips from a, from a tech utilization perspective? No, I, I think that even if you just sat down 
and called, you know, 10 of your past clients, you ask them how they're doing. Mm -hmm. You can, you can do research. So you can ask them what their questions were when they were going through that buying or selling process with you. You can ask them what, if they have any questions now in, in software sales, we call it voice of customer. So just having those conversations when you're researching your past clients to see what, you know, what their pain points are and all of that stuff. I think if you sit down and, and translate it to real estate, you sit down and start to have those conversations, man, you can have talking points for days. Yeah. And yeah. content and content for days. So, so I, I don't think you need to fret about, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to approach them. Like the content's there. Just start asking questions. Yeah, ask questions and educate yourself because you start having these conversations with your past clients and they're going to start talking to their friends and family about that conversation if they're in a similar situation because everybody wants to be helpful, right? If you knew a coworker was having challenges, hey, my mortgage guy just called me and gave me this big, long conversation. It's not really as scary as it seems. You know, and, and then what, and then what's funny is like the more you research this stuff to prepare yourself, prepare yourself for a live stream you're going to do, for a video you're going to shoot, for a newsletter you're going to write. Everyone I've spoken to, I've been doing a, an interview series with agents who are doing video. Everyone I've spoken to has said it's, it's fundamentally made me a better realtor yep. because every time I sit down to research these topics, I know so much freaking more about my hyper local market yep. and it just it just boosts my confidence like so much more. I know that I know what I know today because I was scared to death to make a mistake when I was writing about underwriting guidelines for mortgages. I became a national expert on several topics <laughs> that are that are really big problems that uh, less experienced people in the industry don't know how to have those conversations about those topics. You're you're a thousand percent right. You can't help but grow as a professional by forcing yourself into creating content. And it's almost like give yourself the gift and the confidence of knowing that you probably know so much more than, you know, the next buyer or seller. Yeah, no, you absolutely do. It, it's funny. People say, well, I don't know what to talk about. You know, and you, I think you asked this question earlier, you know, Dustin, what kind of things do you talk about? Where do you get these topics? You should be hearing these questions with the people that you're just talking to on a daily basis, right? Whether they're current clients or past clients or a client that somebody in your office had, your office meetings, you should be having conversations about, hey, what kind of questions are, is everybody hearing? You know, most offices, most real estate offices have a weekly meeting or a Zoom call, or there's some really, really great groups. Mark Blaw has that, that real estate marketing group in, in Northern California. It has I don't know if it's tens of thousands of people in that group. It's at least thousands of people in that group. But we've been on that thing a couple of times where he's had over 100 people and they're just sharing, hey, these are questions that my clients are asking. So depend on your network and find out what kind of conversations or what kind of questions people are asking. It doesn't have to all fall on your shoulders. You know, go out there and mine for topics with other professionals. And quite frankly, you could get a group of people from across the country that are having these conversations and you record something about a particular topic. Five people can record about that same topic and they're all going to be completely different yeah. because they're going to be shadowed with your, you know, with your information. Yeah. 
or with your perspective? I mean, this is this has really been great. Well, I entered into this with one idea of how I might go about marketing from an escrow company perspective to people who are fleeing California. But honestly, my I feel like my idea was overblown. It involved exactly where I would go. But actually, Scott, that's where you and I were initially when we were talking about it, right? We we're like, oh, we should create a web page. It has like a calculator, so you could do a cost- moving calculator, yeah, yeah, moving calculator. And you know, it's not a terrible idea, but it's it's a lot more complicated than where we've arrived. So I'm really glad we had this conversation because my head's full of ideas now. And and 100% go to your existing database. That's the low hanging fruit always. And when you create content, send it to your existing database and you'll get your confidence boost from that because these people already know and trust you. Yep, 100%. If you want to read the article that uh, we referenced today from Jonathan Lansner, the title is Leaving California, A Guide to What State is Best to Move to. That might be a great article, by the way, to uh, PDF and share with your database, right? Maybe that's one of the things you send out as a, as a content piece. You can find it over at the Orange County Register. I think you might have to subscribe, but I think the subscription is free for to access this. Uh, so just a heads up on that. That's Jonathan Lansner's piece, like we said. If you want to listen to previous episodes, including the one where we discussed with Jeb, how he got his start, what he's up to, and uh, I think he actually name dropped several tools that he uses I, I think, love you, buddy. You should definitely check that episode out. You can find it at marketingtrench.fm. Marketingtrench.fm is the home for all of our previous episodes so that Trevor can go listen to them and figure out what we are talking about. And you guys can go listen to figure out what was doing when he got his start. And lots of other topics there too on tools we're using, how we're doing syndication, or how to build your past client database because you have one. Okay. <laughs> Every week, I'm going to harp on that. You can also do our sister podcast over at the Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative. Great podcast there for people who are real estate agents, who are in the lending side, or who are trying to figure out how to create culture for their companies. Really awesome real estate industry targeted podcast over at realdisrupt.com. Guys, it's been fun. I got to go, but I hope you guys have a great week and look forward to talking to you next week. Yeah.